patreon.com slash duckfeedtv Out! For those fireballs, Heartbeat City is taking your call suffering Duckfeedtv Somebody out there feels lonely, and we're here to help. Welcome back to Heartbeat City. We are taking your calls, reading your letters, healing your hearts. I am your host, Cozy Snugglefield, and with me again this episode is Madeline Allfight, a sex educator and activist from Portland, Oregon. Madeline, how are you? I'm doing well. It's been a lovely day. Uh, it absolutely is. The weather The weather is very nice. I imagine that you got down to the studio okay? Just uh, yeah. no troubles? Yeah, I actually took a water taxi, which was oh. great. Uh, but inconvenient since there are no bodies of water close to the studio. I yeah, just felt walking. like being on a boat today. It was transit. Uh, so I took the water taxi and then had to take a regular taxi to the studio itself. Two taxis, one trip, one wonderful guest. Let me go ahead and get us started here with our first letter. Reads, Good day, cozy and guest. Thanks to nerdy and depressed teen years, I'm getting into the world of romance later than I would like. My main problem is that I'm not really sure how to discuss my relative lack of experience with sex and romance. The way I see it, I can either be open from the start about not knowing what I'm doing and limit how many people I see, or not mention it and disappoint partners until I can figure it out. I'm not lacking in charisma, and I look alright, but these confidence issues stop me from pursuing potential partners. I have had sex, but I would not say that it went well. Looking forward to your response. Value your opinions on Dark Souls 2, so I figure dating advice should also be good. I'm not sure what that's referring to. Uh, this is signed, Melancholic in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to open the episode with this one because I think that there's a, a lot to this one, but the advice is actually pretty straightforward, or at least my, my take on it is fairly straightforward. Um, and that is, and you can, you can tell me if you agree with this, uh, Madeline, but it's that, uh, you don't need to worry about it too much and just be open, uh, that it's, it's okay. Um, you know, you don't, uh, you don't have to limit the number of people that you see because of this, um, experience in, uh, in sex and romance is in my, in my experience, kind of a rare thing to be something that you're, you, you're looking for as kind of a, a back of the box, like thing you're looking for in a partner. Um, and even when it is something that, uh, you maybe would prefer, it's very rarely a deal breaker. Um, you know, be the person that you are, uh, be open about that experience and don't treat it like you're confessing a murder. Uh, and I don't think your partner will treat it like you're confessing a murder either. Absolutely. So I would say just be open about it. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that that's, that's the exact right approach. It's be open about it. Uh, I think there's just a little bit of a need for a reframe here, right? You know, one of the things that... I think we all feel like we are having less sex than everyone else is, right? Or that we have less experience, we're less good at it. Or that's, even if we don't feel that way all the time, that's an insecurity that creeps in from time to time. But I'd say that I feel the way that you do about experience, where, you know, the things that are most important are not whether someone is experienced, it's whether they're a good communicator, a thoughtful person, a person that I'm compatible with values-wise, a person that I have fun with. And some of those things can be gained from experience, but most of them are innate. And, you know, the things that you haven't gained from experience, you can gain or make up for by being open and by being a good communicator. Um, I think your advice about, you know, don't treat it like you're confessing some horrible dark secret. I think treat it almost like something lighthearted. I've, I've seen people do this in really good ways with, you know, just being humorous, right? Maybe, maybe you want to take a humorous take on it. Um, you know, something like new boyfriend barely used. Um, or, you know, something sure. that kind of like, keeps it light. I had a, a partner, a previous partner who had a visible disability. And in his OkCupid profile, he said something like, I have a disability. You know, it's fine. You probably have a thumb that looks like Barbara Streisand. And, you know, like that made me laugh out loud and like really drew me to him that, you know, he was able to communicate this information in a way that was like, clear and lighthearted, but also acknowledge that like, yeah, we all have things about ourselves that are supposedly less than ideal. Um, but we still manage to find all of us still manage to find love and connection anyway. So absolutely. If you're able to uh, present this as something humorous, if you're not, uh, and this may go against your instincts, present it neutrally. Um, it can just literally be, Hey, just so you know, I don't have a whole lot of experience with this period, you know, and lit and they will more than likely say that's all right. And then kind of move on and, and then you're just two people getting to know each other romantically again. You know, it gets it off the table. You've done the disclosure work that you need to do. Um, and, uh, you, you can then go back to just kind of being a person, I guess, if that makes sense. Like, um, but definitely be open about it. Uh, there's no, you know, you, the second option that you mentioned in your letter about disappointing people, um, if you don't mention it, um, you can be as experienced as the day is long and still end up disappointing people um, in terms of like romantic or sexual experience. Uh, there is not a uh, it's not a video game where you you gain experience and then just level up and get better at it. You do you know if you're if you're doing it right, you are reflecting and learning uh, and getting better. But a lot of times, and I say this a lot on the show, a lot of times when two people don't work out, it has nothing to do with qualitative differences and just has to do with incompatibilities. So you could be, uh, the suavest, most experienced person in the world and just not be what that other person's looking for. Um, so it is, it is helpful not to frame it, these two things in those terms together, I guess. Like you're not going to disappoint somebody because you're, you're not experienced. And maybe that person very specifically wants somebody who is incredibly experienced. That's an incompatibility and not on you. And that's okay. You know, that's not, don't frame that in terms of you messed up because you didn't mess up. You know? Yes. I think for me that, that shift from something is wrong with me to, oh, we're just incompatible was one of the revolutionary things about dating for me. Like one of the things, one of my expressions that I use to remind myself of that idea is you can be the ripest, juiciest peach in the world and someone can still hate peaches. 
like, mm-hmm. or just not like them. And that's okay. Yeah. That's, that's not a reflection, a poor reflection on either of you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. got a bit of a money question. Me and my girlfriend are in a committed uh, long-term relationship, and uh, we get along great, and I love her very much. Um, I make a decent income, and I'm debt-free, and she sometimes struggles to scrape by. Uh, I always try to help her out when I can. I always try to foot as much of the bill as I'm comfortable with when we go out and eat together, uh, but she always feels like she has to pay me back. Uh, what's a good way for us to balance our spending and money so that I feel like I'm supporting her and also she feels like she's not being a burden on me? Uh, thanks a lot. So yeah, another kind of a, kind of classic question, but a good one. Um, you know, in the specifics, how do you, you navigate, um, you know, one partner, making making more money and wanting to support the other partner who is a little bit more financially uh, uh troubled and uh, kind of broader how do you balance that uh that power uh dynamic in a relationship how do you balance uh money in a relationship so great question what, what are your thoughts madeline what are your initial thoughts yeah so i've been on both sides of a relationship where there's a difference in income so i have been the partner that makes you know significantly less i've been the partner that makes significantly more i think it is wonderful that you see your resources as a way to provide you know comfort security fun entertainment for you and your partner to me that's what i see money as being for as like it's a it's a tool to achieve these other things uh, I can also relate, though, to your partner feeling like, well, it's it's important to me. It sounds like maybe she she feels as if it is important for her to pay her own way or to not be overly reliant on you financially. And to me, I think the way to resolve this is or one way, one approach might be to like have an advanced conversation about like a monthly budget for the two of you where you each contribute what you're able to contribute and then you draw from that. And so that takes out, I think, some of that element of being at dinner and having to have the conversation about who should pay. You know, it takes out, you know, having to make these decisions on an ad hoc basis multiple times a day, a week, a month, and sort of says, no, this is the money that we've decided that we want to spend on these things. We're contributing in these ways, and it now becomes our money. And we spend it in these ways that we've agreed upon. And, you know, in some ways, right, what you're doing is just like taking these decisions and making them invisible. Um, but it might be a way to relieve some of those day-to-day pressures if you and your girlfriend are in alignment about your values around money and like what you feel like the right balance is between you paying for things and, and her accepting, you know, your generosity. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great idea. Um, kind of, uh, making, and in general, I think that's good advice for a lot of different situations, um, setting up kind of, uh, kind of rules or almost like macros, mm-hmm. you know, the relationship, like setting that up as a, as a, uh, you know, shortcut. So you just, just so you don't have to have the energy of relitigating it. That's, that's wonderful. Um, 
it's possible and not specifically to this question, but to kind of broaden it out, um, what you do when you're not there yet, right? Because, uh, intermingling finances, um, in like spirit of disclosure, I've never done that. Hmm. Uh, I don't think that's bad advice, but I've never gotten to the point and I don't know if it's just, uh, my upbringing or who I am, but I've never felt comfortable with that. And I too have been on both sides of that, uh, that power disparity. Um, you know, for the last like several years, I've definitely uh, made less money than, than most of the people I've dated. But prior to that, uh, and in my marriage, like I, I made a lot more money, uh, than my ex-wife and, and when I dated her, uh, but I've never gotten, so that is, that is a big step. If you are not, so if you're to that step, I think that's a great idea. You know, put, put aside money for it. If you're not to that step and you're having that conversation, um, one of the ways that, uh, it kind of goes back to something from last episode, which again is that, uh, you know, from each according to their means to each according to their needs kind of philosophy, um, you know, for a relationship where, uh, you know, this just happens to be a thing that I can do right now. Maybe I won't always be able to do it. You know, this is me speaking, you know, to the, to the person who wrote in, um, who called in, like, Right now I happen to have, uh, I'm financially very soluble right now. I can, I can do this, you know, and to your point, like that's what money is for, uh, you know, and the way that I'd, I'd frame that to my partner in the past had been, um, I, I want to go do the thing, Mm -hmm. you know, like I want to go have dinner. Like I want to go to the movies. I want to go to the movies with you. Uh, I don't, I think that experience is worthwhile. Like I don't mind paying for that because that's what I want to do. You know, and that might help them feel like it's less of you doing them a favor or less of you kind of, uh, pulling their weight. You know, it's more just, no, this is what I want. You know, this, this is, this is what I would like to do. And I can, this is how I want to spend my money, you know, like as a thing, like, please don't, you know, please don't worry about it. Um, on her end, it is tricky though, because it is, uh, we are kind of trained to use money as a way of keeping score. I feel like in a lot of ways and, uh, it's gross and bad, but every aspect of life tells us to do that. So it's very easy to feel worthless if you aren't contributing financially, uh, to something. And, uh, if you frame it to her as like, this is stuff you want and maybe, uh, you know, advice for her or something that you could say would be something along the lines of, uh, you know, this is not you, me having this money isn't really a part of who I am and you not having it isn't really a part of who you are and is pretty unrelated to our, you know, our love or our relationship. You know, it doesn't reflect poorly on you that you have this like this. That's right now. You don't have this right now. I do. And that's arbitrary at best and may not always be the case. Uh, for now we have this disparity, like we have to recognize and work around it, but it doesn't change fundamentally who we are or what the basis of our relationship is, I guess. Yeah. I think the way, I think the way you frame it in terms of, you know, this is a thing that I am able to do for you and for me right now that brings me pleasure is really compelling. I like the aspect of that. I like framing that or thinking about it as the way that it is, right? Which is, this is something that may not be true forever. I don't know if I agree that money is not a fundamental part of a relationship, uh, at least between two people who are going to be in a monogamous, committed relationship. Um, I think money tends to be more important than we sometimes realize that it is and more complicated 
than we sometimes realize that it is. Um, if you are planning to merge your life with this person in ways that would include like living together or making big purchases together, then money is absolutely going to be a part of your relationship in the same way that choosing where to live or whether or not to have kids would be, you know, a major part of your relationship. I, I think it's still true that, you know, what we bring to this relationship primarily or why we're together is not money, but money is an important logistical thing that you have to navigate. I, I, yeah, I, I agree with, I guess to, yeah. to rephrase, like making sure it is framed as a logistical mm-hmm. thing and not a uh, quality of person or quality of, uh, you know, it, it a healthy relationship, somebody is not drawn to somebody uh, for their money. And inversely, you're not drawn to somebody because they don't have money and you want to prey on that vulnerability. Like it is not, uh, it is a logistical thing. Uh, so treat it as such, treat it as a, a, so I agree with that, like treat it, but treat it as a logistical problem, not a, uh, a, a relationship problem, I guess, or like our incompatibility, treat it as like a, a, this is a problem we have to solve. Like these are, these are the facts. This is a problem to solve. Yeah. I mean, cozy, you are very wise, but I may, I'm maybe going to take a little, (laughs) I'm going to, no, no, it's. I'm going to disagree a little bit on that because I think it is a relationship problem in that the way that we feel about money is often really tied up in in our self-identity and image. You know, we were talking about, I think you were very astutely pointing out that sometimes we use money as a way to keep score and that not having money can, can make us feel inadequate. And that will show up in all kinds of aspects of the relationship that have nothing to do with money. You know, what I think or what I speculate, like one thing that your girlfriend might be feeling, caller, is uh, inadequate, that she's not contributing enough to the relationship because she's not able to contribute equally in a financial sense. And so that's going to affect how she shows up in the relationship in all kinds of other ways. Um from, you know, like potentially being defensive about something that you say on a completely unrelated matter because she may be carrying around these feelings of inadequacy. I think it is a logistical problem to solve. And I think maybe just coming to your girlfriend and saying, listen, I've noticed that, you know, whenever I offer to pay for something or whenever I'm contributing a little more financially, there seems to be some discomfort. You know, can we talk about it? Can we strategize? You know, what would help you feel more comfortable? Here's how I think about it. This is what might make me feel more comfortable. And and coming at it from that perspective as this is a problem for you all to solve together because you love each other and because you are committed to each other um, and because it's something that you don't want to see derail your relationship, but also being able to separate it from uh, what brings you two together. You know, money is a part of life and the life that you are building together, but it is not probably why you are together. Um, and so maybe that's the difference between like the relationship and the logistics is like, this is a logistical issue that affects our relationship. And so we want to strategize together because we want to continue to be in a healthy, successful relationship. And and that's, that's really what I'm getting at. Like yeah. focus on the things that are the things that, that draw you together and the things that like, you know, obviously it is true that lack of like money does touch other parts of uh, people's kind of happiness or well-being like that's what the question is about like that that is what's happening and what i'm thinking about when i say uh try to put that in perspective um as a problem to be solved i'm trying to say like i'm not trying to say that money doesn't cause that kind of thing in a relationship because it clearly does 
I think that is a pro a solvable problem though. Uh, those feelings around money and inadequacy because money is so ultimately unimportant to what brings us together in a relationship. It's important because it impacts other things, but the money itself is just there to, you know, to, to, to spend on doing things that we like and, and, and living and, and, and stuff like that. Like, you know, money is, is used as almost like maintenance or fuel to do these important things in the relationship, I guess. So like focusing, uh, uh, putting it in perspective and untying it from some of those personal value things is what I mean by saying that it's not like unfocusing on it. So when I, when I call it a logistical problem, that's what I mean. It's not just logistical. Like how do we solve rent? How do we pay rent? But it's also logistical in, uh, you know, there is an arbitrary nature to, to money, you know, like, uh, they were saying before with the, like, maybe right now I have this and you don't, and maybe that will be different in the future. As a thing, like there is, there's an element to that that is, uh, it's, you don't want to get lost in it and you don't want to tie too many things to it is, is ultimately my point, I think. Um, you know, and I agree, I would agree with you, like once you get further along, you know, to your point about taking this and keep making a strategy, like I think that, I think that we're more on the same page than it seems, like that having it as a strategy or having a, a way around it, uh, is also what I would suggest. Like I think that's good advice. Like here is a, uh, Here's how we're going to move forward with this. Here's how we're going to pre-solve this problem. Let's talk about ways that we both get what we want out of this. And we both, neither of us feel bad about this thing that is ultimately, it's very rare that people are on the exact same page about this. I think this dynamic of the caller is much more common than, or is at least as common as people who just kind of make the same amount of money, roughly. You yes. Know? Yeah, absolutely. Income disparity yeah. uh is extremely common and we mostly deal with it really poorly. <laughs> like yeah. people don't talk about it. It shows up in really insidious ways. That's been my experience. Um mm. of like things that you're like, I don't even where did that come from? Oh, it's because, you know, like you've been feeling you've been having uh, concerns about how much I'm paying for things or that makes you feel uncomfortable or you've been feeling like I haven't been contributing and doing my fair share. Um, yeah, I mean, I think money is one of those things along with religion or, you know, when to start a family that oftentimes we have a lot of deeply held beliefs around and we don't even realize it because we often don't think about it. It's just part of our worldview, part of our value system. Um, and so that's maybe what I would say. I think we are, are essentially on the same page. Although the only tweak that I would say or the only difference I would add to what you've said is I do think our values are really deeply tied to money and that those are things that can be really hard to examine and to detangle those, disentangle those values. But coming at it from the perspective of like, well, this is how I feel about it and think about it. How do you feel about it and think about it? And let's figure out what the middle ground is is usually the most effective way to deal with those kinds of things yeah. where like the money is the tip of an iceberg of like deeper values and experiences that aren't going to be easily like unraveled in the course of an afternoon. But like talking about areas where you can have alignment or strategies, that's the kind of thing that you can figure out in a problem solving yeah. session. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a really good point. Like something that I didn't think about that, that brings up is that, um, you know, I'm, I'm coming at this from, from my perspective, but some people do, uh, genuinely feel that, uh, money is a marker of quality, you know? And, uh, the official heartbeat city thing is don't date those people. <laughs> 
And finally, we have a letter here. Dearest Cozy, my partner and I have been together for two years and have a really great relationship most of the time, but we tend to have a lot of difficulty whenever we disagree. This doesn't happen often because I don't care about that many things and I'm happy with her decisions. When I do disagree, she tends to shut down emotionally, leave the room, or just stop responding. As someone who is bad at social signals, I have to talk openly and repeatedly about issues. How do I get my partner to engage with me in a style closer to this? I've already tried using I statements, scheduling time to discuss, writing down the issues rather than engaging verbally, etc. Do you have any other tips? Sincerely, Frustrated in Fargo. So there's a lot to unpack here. Um, what, are, what are your initial thoughts, Madeline? Yeah, this is a tough question because I am I'm generally of the viewpoint that with most things, you can work them out, right? Conversation, discussion, uh, you can work them out and either come to the resolution that I think most of us hope for, right, in our relationships, uh, that the relationship will continue and be better and healthier, or at least come to the resolution that uh, there's an incompatibility and it's best for folks to move on. But when someone won't engage with you, you are utterly unable to come to any kind of resolution. And uh, this question really resonated for me because I had a long-term partner who behaved in this way whenever there was intense conflict. And it's incredibly damaging. Uh, you know, I think, you know, one thing that I think the caller does that is a very generous thing is kind of frames this as two different styles of discussion, right? You know, like, I'm a person who really needs to talk things out. My partner tends to shut down. Um, but essentially what your partner is doing is really damaging and dangerous. There's actually a name for it in kind of relational therapy, which is stonewalling. And it's one of the most detrimental things that you can do in a relationship. Um, and one of the things that makes it incredibly challenging for a relationship to be healthy. You know, I think one of the most critical things for a relationship to be able to manage in order to be sustainable is conflict. And it's great that conflict doesn't happen that often, but I'd also wonder if conflict doesn't happen that often because you know that conflict isn't going to be productive, <laughs> right? You know, if you kind of don't raise issues because you know that it's not going to get anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. There's a line in here that I think, you know, is possibly really load bearing, which is, uh, where the caller says, uh, this, we're talking about disagreement. This doesn't happen often because I don't care about that many things and I'm happy with her decisions. Um, I really wonder if that's, uh, mm -hmm. a trained behavior. You know, for lack of a better word, if that's something that, uh, and that sounds, uh, condescending and I realize that, but just know that I mean that in a less like, I do the same thing. Like I have been in, in any relationship I've had that has had, uh, that has been unhealthy. Um, I have trained myself to behave or have certain expectations that were not necessarily healthy because of how the relationship works. And a lot of times it is to get the least resistance possible mm -hmm. or because I don't want to deal with something. So I wonder if that is, this person generally is just kind of apathetic about a lot of things, which I, I suppose is possible, or if they are apathetic about a lot of things in this relationship, because every time they're not, uh, it is a whole thing. Yeah. And a, a, a lot of, you know, never underestimate what people will do to avoid a whole thing. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> uh, it is, it is pretty, a whole thing is pretty much the worst. Yeah. Um, I mean, and you're yeah. raising, you're making, I, I would, I would ask the caller the same question because I know from my experience, we had a great question about codependence on the last episode. And, you know, 
managing conflict or kind of there's there's choosing your battles right and like if you don't have to care about everything or have an opinion about everything it's it's okay to be easygoing but when you get to a codependent place of minimizing your feelings or your needs because otherwise it's going to be a whole thing then Mm. yeah that's that is a kind of codependent behavior that's really dangerous and what it also means is that when there is conflict it's already like the most dire kind of conflict right which is i've decided you know like this is the one thing that i care about and i am gonna like engage with you on this and i rarely ever engage with you on anything and like now you are refusing that could be feeding in yes you know your, your partner you know could be the reason why this the behavior uh, becomes so extreme at this point is because it's so rare that you push back on anything. So it's like, oh, shit is real. Uh, you know, I'm I can't. She can also not deal with the whole thing because she feels like it is a big deal. Like, and I'm not accusing anyone of that, but maybe to you it seems like uh, I'm just asserting myself as I could be doing every other time and, and just am not. Um, but to her, it's like, oh no, frustrated. Fargo has an opinion. This is this must be serious. Uh, you know, so this could be, this is, is something that potentially, you know, both parties could be having a, a, a struggle with, you know, this could be something I, on, on her end or, or their end rather, um, could also be having very similar feelings of frustration with this. Yeah. And yeah. I think one thing that helped me in dealing with, you know, my previous partner's stonewalling was learning a little bit about attachment styles and how people relate in relationships. So often when someone is doing this stonewalling or shutting down, it's because they are, you know, either overwhelmed with emotion and really bad at managing it and, you know, like either scared of the emotion or like scared of what they might say in an emotional state, you know, like they're shutting down because they're angry or they're feeling activated and they don't want to hurt you. Or they're stonewalling, uh, you know, perhaps because that is just a way to protect themselves, you know, mm-hmm. from feeling attacked. But unfortunately, stonewalling is the kind of behavior where you as their partner, you can't control it. And that's partly what makes it so corrosive is it is someone essentially stepping back from the relationship and saying, I'm not going to engage. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that is like... I feel for the caller because I've been in that situation where you're sort of like, well, what can I do to make this different? Can I try, you know, managing conflict in a different way? Can I be more understanding? But they just won't engage. And that's why, for me, stonewalling has now become what I would consider deal breaker behavior. Like, I'm going to go full Liz Lemon on this and say stonewalling is a deal breaker uh, for mm. me. That if someone is not able to manage conflict you know, it's one thing to be like, well, I need some time to cool down. Or could we move to talking about this over email? That'd actually be easier for me to process. That's one thing. Uh, but completely refusing to engage is, you know, not really something that can be fixed. You'll be at an impasse. You'll continue to run into this brick wall unless your partner learns how to manage their own emotional state and be able to engage with you productively. Yeah, I don't, I, I mean, I wouldn't go as far as say, it, it can't be fixed, but it, it needs to be fixed. Yes. I guess is the way I would put it. Because the, um, something, you know, it's a bunch is like nobody, I wonder if this is at all related to a past relationship too on, on your partner's part, where this is behavior where, you know, if, uh, if you are being reasonable and saying, trying to use strategy, like I'm using I statements, I'm saying like, hey, can we find a time to discuss this? And you're doing everything. Maybe in the past, somebody who this person was with, uh, was abusive about it as well. 
you know, so that, that is possible. Maybe, um, and this can be a thing, you know, if not necessarily a deal breaker, this can be something where, uh, for this to can, I think you could very reasonably say for this relationship to continue, we have to be able to talk about things. Yes. Like we have to be able to talk about things when they are, there's conflict or when they're bad. Um, it can't be this. And I'm willing to work with you to figure out a way to make that comfortable for both of us. You know, I'm, I'm not, uh, putting an ultimatum on you and then crossing my arms and standing back and waiting for you to fix it. Like you've been with this person for two years. Um, you say that you have a mostly great relationship. You obviously care for this person. Um, working with them to, to fix this if they're willing to is probably what I would say, uh, to do. I don't think it's going to be, I think that, uh, you're right, Madeline, where it is not, uh, the fact that this comes up no matter what strategy the, uh, the person who wrote in uses makes me think that it is not something that where another strategy of discussing a problem is going to help. I think the problem is that you can't discuss problems. It's Mm -hmm. not different ways of approaching, uh, when you do have a disagreement. Um, and I would also, uh, so that would be one thing is just saying, being very open about that Two, maybe do some, and again, this could be me reading in between lines, but do a little bit of self-examination on the, you know, I don't care about many things and I'm happy with her decisions. Um, that, feels unhealthy to me like or could signal something kind of unhealthy um about this that could be tying into this you know so if you are uh consistently putting aside your own wants just to be like i don't want to deal with the whole thing um anything is gonna when things do pop up they are probably going to seem a lot bigger you know mm-hmm. than that so smaller you know conflicts are an important part of a relationship i don't like fighting either um However, uh, both of those are things I would say to work on. And I would just frame it in terms of, hey, we have to be able to talk about this stuff. You know, how can we make that work? You know, and, uh, no. Yeah, and I, I would absolutely agree. I don't think when I say deal breaker, I don't mean, you know, like, now, next time your partner does this, you should end the relationship. I think what you recommend is a really great course of action, Cozy, which is, you know, to say this this cannot continue, just to essentially set a boundary, right? In mm-hmm. order for me to be in this relationship and be happy and healthy, I need for us to be able to have productive conflict and for us to be able to figure out some way to engage around conflict and to resolve these issues. And I want to do that work with you. But, I mean, this is the critical part of setting a boundary. If someone is not able to do that work, you need to be able to walk away. Um, you know, and I... I am admittedly taking a pretty hard line on this because when I look back at my long-term relationship where this was an issue, I wish that I had taken a harder line earlier on instead of kind Mm. of saying, well, this relationship is great 90% of the time, but 10% of the time, you know, it's really terrible because we're having this difficult conflict that never gets resolved. Um, Unfortunately, that 10% of the time, in my experience, will come to outweigh all of the rest of the good time. Um, it's like it's like uh, termites eating away at the foundation. Um, and then eventually uh, your relationship house collapses. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the stone walls that your partner put up weren't, weren't load-bearing. Uh, this metaphor has gotten way too detailed. Mm. But hopefully I'm communicating uh, what I'm trying to communicate, which is that uh, it's important to be able to set a boundary and then also to understand that if someone isn't able to do that work, or to engage with you, then enforcing that boundary means like ending the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is like, that's tough advice, but I think it's true. And it doesn't mean it's doomed. 
you know, that, it, it sounds it sounds negative. It just means that uh, it's good that you've identified this as a problem. I think looking at it in terms of other tips, I think this is probably a bigger problem maybe than than the letter writes on. So, um, you know, but it it, uh, it can be worked through. And we definitely wish you luck. Yes, absolutely. Uh, in that, uh, it's a it's an extremely tough thing to work through. So, um, good luck. Uh, that's about all the time we have uh, for this episode of Heartbeat City. Um, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. I'd like to thank you, Madeline, uh, for joining me again. Thank you. It was a great time, and thanks for those who wrote in with excellent and thoughtful questions. Yeah, spicy batch. Uh, thanks, everybody. And uh, until next time, uh, to everybody out there in Heartbeat City, keep on feeling. Heartbeat City is intended for advice only and is not responsible for the consequences of following any such advice. If you have questions for Heartbeat City, please call in at 502-69-HBEAT or write in at gary at duckfeed.tv. Heartbeat City is produced by Boxer Kwan and Bryce Salad. Thank you.